Welcome to the Playful Priestess Podcast. I'm Aurora Farber. And I'm Jane Ashley. Come join us in sisterhood. Together we'll fluff our auras, smash illusions, and get messy. We'll also explore our feminine wisdom and offer practical tips to live a more fun, creative, and inspired life. All this information is free, so please subscribe, review our podcast, and join us in our Facebook group, The Playful Priestess Posse. So let's start playing. Episode 7, Is Your Inner Perfectionist Your Ally or Your Foe? Today we're going to be talking about perfectionism because that's what's really up in the world for us and it's actually kind of perfect for this Virgo new moon that we have because Virgo is a sign of, you know, there's a tendency for perfectionism in Virgo. So I know Jane has pulled a card for us, so let's see what the universe has to say about this theme that we feel is collectively brewing for all of us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the collective cauldron, right? So uh, the card I picked is from the deck, the Magical Mermaids and Dolphins deck, which I love because it's so playful. And um, it's called Make a Decision. And it says, feeling stuck or indecisive, listen to your intuition and make a decision. So I feel like this card is really relevant to this, um, to this topic of perfectionism because, you know, when you make a decision and trust your intuition, it's really about our higher selves being in the driver's seat in that moment. And so, um, you know, we're in this query of what do we really want? What does our higher self want? And sometimes we can get a little bit mucked up and confused and full of fear and worry and get um, stuck in perfectionism and actually not make a decision. Yeah, kind of like that, oh my gosh, I need to make the right decision. Yeah, so that fear of, of not being right, really, or the fear of making the wrong decision. So um, yeah, so I think this is, this is important for us to keep in mind when we're talking about perfectionism and how the shadow qualities can sometimes take over right. and, how, and how when we tap into the higher, lighter qualities of our perfection, inner, inner perfectionists, then we can um, make sound decisions that feel good. Yeah. I yeah. think what I love about that card too is so often when it comes time to make a decision, that's when the perfectionist can show up because mm -hmm time to make something that you've been thinking about concrete and take action. And so one of the blocks to taking action with our creative product uh, projects with, um, you know, losing weight with so many different decisions that we make large and small on a daily basis has to do with, you know, removing that block of making the right decision. And what I also love that this came from the mermaid deck too, is that sense of fun. I love your intuitive, hit to pick from that deck because truly the the path of making our perfectionist instead of a foe that's holding us back and turning her into our ally is the path of lightness and of being able to let go of all the fears and worries that go along with the perfect decision and when you let go of it you get to enjoy the journey yeah that's right so the in the perfectionism keeps us out of presence right keeps us in that, um, that vibration of tension and stress and, and um, self-doubt. Yes. Do you, have, do you have any kind of a story, Rory, that you want to share around your, your inner perfectionist? Oh, absolutely. Because 
not only in that self-doubt and you know all the things that you said but sometimes in the past my perfectionist has made me get really stuck and my story has to do with writing so when I it's time for me to write something whether a blog or a chapter or um, even a thank you note <laughs> when I was you know younger and starting to write thank you notes I remember thinking oh my gosh how do you do this what's the right way and recently as I've be, you know been writing more and more I have noticed that you know this perfectionist would actually stop me I'd write one sentence and then I would delete it because that voice would come in and say oh that's a terrible way to start oh no that doesn't have enough flair oh no that grammar's wrong it just picked myself to pieces so I couldn't start so I did this writing challenge once where I actually dialogued kind of like an active imagination exercise with my perfectionist and that's how I discovered her and I gave her a name and we had um, and her name by the way is Cassandra it's not Cassandra it's Cassandra you have to say it right <laughs> Cassandra Cassandra and Cassandra <laughs> is she wants to have everything in order everything has got to be just done perfectly all the I's dotted the T's crossed and how she would show up in my writing was to cause me to delete anything I started because she would be there in the back of my head so in this active imagination process I began to communicate with her and just talk from another aspect of myself which is my more musy so I'll call her my muse the creative part and the part of me that is able to just think of ideas and write them down freely and then go off on a wild tangent and it drives Cassandra crazy because I'm not ordered and focused and so those two energies in me to sit down at my computer and write was a battle until I befriended her and how I did that was to actually have a discussion through writing on what was she so worried about and she really my Cassandra has the weight of the world on her she feels like she has to keep everything in order so that I will be safe and have peace and harmony but the ironic thing is is that the more she tries to control or that aspect of me is trying to be in control the less out of harmony and the less peace I have because nothing in life is ever perfect so it's kind of this catch-22 of going back and forth and back and forth and so finally in the discussion this active imagination discussion my muse part said to her Cassandra lighten up why don't you just go take a bubble bath and of course she said a bubble bath a bubble bath that's so frivolous and in the middle of the day and then there was a part of her that was like huh that sounds intriguing and so in my, that exercise I told her to go take a bubble bath and I would be fine let me write and I would call her back when I needed her to help me polish up my piece and so that's what I do every time I write now and it's really liberated me so much I open my computer I sit down and I will say Cassandra it's time for your bubble bath <laughs> <laughs> and off she goes and I just write words and words and words onto my computer and then when I'm done my musy part is satisfied and then I say Cassandra are you ready and she comes really focused and she'll say oh okay I like this I don't like this and and she's a great editor so that's my story of perfectionism and how I have um, befriended my inner perfectionist I love 
how you have integrated Cassandra into your life instead of excommunicating her to the dungeon inside, right? And so and, many coaching mm -hmm. practices, I don't know if you've experienced this, but there is that feeling of like, you've got the inner critic and the inner perfectionist and you, you know, open, a, imagine you open a big book and put her in there and slam it or lock her in a closet and mm -hmm. stuff like this. So it's a very different approach. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it's interesting um, how you share, how you've integrated her as, as a part of your personality that you can work with. And the way I think about this too, and by the way, my inner perfectionist name is Victoria. Oh. And Victoria oh. is buttoned up very tight. Yes, I'm sitting up straighter. She does not play and she's very serious. <laughs> and she's also really anxious. Mm. And so the story that I can share is, you know, when I grew up, my house, my mom kept the house very clean. My dad was a Marine. So there was always order in our home. And in fact, if we left our shoes laying around anywhere, he'd throw them down the basement steps just to get them out of the way. <laughs> so we'd all be running around like, where'd my shoes go? They're down in the basements. They're down at the bottom of the steps in the basement. What's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> so I, you know, my um, part of me rebelled, has rebelled against that sort of order and kind of swung in the opposite direction. But the part who, um, the Victoria part of me, who needs to stay orderly, um, she is really unhappy when my house is messy. And mm -hmm. she goes into anxiety and stress and gets triggered, especially when my mom or dad are coming over. Um, because then she goes into extreme clean up fast. I'm not good enough. Got to be a good girl. I start comparing myself to my mom's clean cleanliness. And I start looking around and saying, oh my gosh, this house is a disaster. This is disgusting. Why can't we do this? Why are we so gross and piggish? Right. And so all this self-judgment comes in. Mm. Um, and so Victoria is judgmental. And so um, yeah, so that's how she shows up. And I've, I've connected this back to being a little girl and getting in trouble for being messy and not really uh, uh, being allowed to play freely in the house because it was like a museum, sort of that, that level of preciousness. Mm. And so getting in trouble for being too wild. And so, so Victoria is very much um, in charge when those tendrils of fear creep back in to my being. So I'm still working with her. In fact, I've just recently named her Victoria mm -hmm. um, so that I can begin to engage with her. But I do notice I have become aware of when she gets triggered if somebody's coming over. And then, you know, I've got my tools to kind of um, uh, put her in the back seat and wait until she can be of use to me. Wow, that's a great story. I, I'm sure that so many of us have that story, especially around our house and cleaning our house and uh, fearing other people's judgment. That, that's the word that really stood out for me is that you said, Victoria is very judgmental. Yeah. And it's yeah. almost as though, you know, what would you say is her, why is she so judgmental? Why is she doing that for you? Like what's oh, the gift that Victoria brings to you? Yeah. So Victoria brings um, action. So she mm -hmm. will whip me into action quickly. And she also brings, um, 
she does bring a gift to me because I do desire cleanliness and I do des desire sacred space in my home. And so it's almost like I sway back and forth between the rebel and Victoria. So the rebel's like, screw it, I'm not doing it. Uh, it's just going to be a mess, whatever. I don't care, right? And, but Victoria's like, oh, no, 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 no. Don't be disgusting. <laughs> so then what the gift is that I'm able to find that place in the middle where mm -hmm. I'm able to take action and clean, but do it in a way that's mindful so that I don't um, do it because I'm judging myself for being bad, a bad girl or being messy or, or wrong, but I'm doing it because I'm using it as an exercise in mindfulness. So I appreciate Victoria for reminding me that I can do it and I can do it mindfully. And so it doesn't have to be stressful, that, it can, that I can actually use it to serve me. So I will get the house cleaned up when I need to. Yeah, but that not in an anxious way anymore. Right. That reminds me so much of the card that you pulled where one of the um, invitations was to ask yourself, what do you want? And I think in this case, it's what does your higher self want? Mm -hmm. Not the part of you that is fearful of judgment or fearful of what other people think or feels not good enough, but that higher self. And you said it just now that there is this part of you that longs to create sacred space. Mm -hmm. so she's kind of your your gateway, your, your motivator to do that yes. as long as it's done without the judgment. Yeah. Yeah, right. exactly. And it's done for me and I've learned when to stop. Mm. So sometimes the perfectionist can cause this like hamster on a wheel kind of feeling where you just run, 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 run and you're getting nowhere. Right. And um, so when I notice that I, I can use the discernment of my perfectionism of this, of this vibration of clarity and action. I can discern okay. when to stop and right. it's good enough. It's good enough and it's just fine. Yeah. 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 That's a great story of, you know, both the gift and the shadow and how your perfectionist can be either a foe or an ally, you know, depending on who is really running the show, as long as your higher self is running the show and ask Victoria to come in as an ally, then great things can happen, right? So how does Cassandra show up as a, a sort of a shadow element for you? Yeah, so for me, it's, it's a little bit the opposite. So, you know, in you and your rebelliousness in that shadow aspect, you just run and make the decisions and things might get messy, right? Where mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. mine is, is mine is so it has to be perfect that I procrastinate and I stall and I get distracted. That's the, that's the shadow of my muse. I could get, I can have scattered focus. So I'm having multiple projects and then the perfectionist comes in and none of them are quite right. And so it's, it's almost like this way in which, you know, I don't take the action. And it's because mm -hmm. that's when I'm allowing the perfectionist to be in the driver's seat. Now, when mm -hmm. I don't, when I remember, like I do with the writing, and to say, Cassandra, it's time for your bubble bath, then that's when I can allow the other aspects of me, the creative part of me or the, the part of me um, that, that likes to play around with structure and to create systems that make my life more easy. But without the judgment of Cassandra, who says, that's not the right system. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Darling. So I almost, for me, I almost have to 
separate those two and then bring back together and then call in the gifts because the gift of Cassandra for me is that she does a good job and she's very thorough and she thinks things out like she thinks it 10 steps out she's great at creating structure mm -hmm. so and, and I know and after doing especially that dialogue with her one of the things that really touched my heart is this fact that she does it because she loves me I do it because I care about myself okay. I care about my sense of balance and harmony that makes a lot of sense I, th I think you're totally right we have these aspects of ourselves that show up where when our higher self is is open and aware then we can we can really receive and embrace that part of ourself without denying and judging for you know being bad or wrong or too tight tight too rigid too yeah. um you know too constricted and so just like everything else in our lives we are our own mirror to what we desire when we can become aware of how we are in a certain situation and look in the mirror and notice is this serving my higher self or is somebody else in the driver's seat right now and what do i want what does my higher self want so asking ourselves that question in the midst of any kind of you know threat of perfectionism that we notice in the moment can yeah. um, can cut that cord instantly and i think for a lot of people sometimes per the perfectionist can sneak up and you're not even quite sure that that's the perfectionist especially if you haven't really worked with it it's just the way that you been used to doing things and so I, I think one of the things you said Jane was really um, a good indicator is when you feel that sense of constriction like it feels just tight and rigid and it feels it almost feels it can either feel in my case like fearful to take the next step because oh it's not right or it can feel almost like gangbusters too fast you know yeah. too messy too you know but it's that sense of constriction you know, like that teetering on the edge. And so I think, you know, that's part of our teaching today is to play with your perfectionist, to um, invite this part of yourself and, and to learn that both the shadows, which you probably already know, but also the gifts. And so the first step would be to give your perfectionist a name. That's kind of a way to first begin a relationship with your perfectionist and also just kind of lighten it up and I've always found that perfectionist names usually are a little bit formal kind of names or fancy kind of names. But, you know, you can, you can feel into whatever feels right to you as your perfectionist name. And then start a dialogue with her. It can either be written, as I did, or even just in your mind. Or you could paint it out or dance it out, however you can dialogue. And see how you can align with her and how she can serve you through discernment and focus and attunement mm -hmm. and then number three look at how you are grateful for her like look at the the um just feel into that for a moment of why that that was part of the big part for me is feeling into that i appreciated this part of me instead of shunning her Mm -hmm. to feel the gratitude that you have for all parts of yourself and then number four write down her gifts you know, taking action, being focused, whatever that be, may be. And then number five, don't let her be in charge. 
you be the boss, your higher self, allow her to assist, especially in the things that she's great at. And then number six, form your partnership with her. Mm -hmm. So those are our six steps to playing around with um, your perfectionist and creating a relationship with her. And these will always be in the show notes if you want to go back and look at them just to create this process for yourself. Yeah. So, you know, I think part of, part of what we need to remember is that all parts of us are allowed a seat at the table. Yes. But there's one leader, there's one director of that team, and that is our higher self. And so your perfectionist has a place, but she really needs to be managed so that she can be your ally. So I think that, um, Aurora, you really demonstrated that beautifully with those steps of how to create that partnership and an ally relationship. Oh, thank you. Well, this has been fun. I'm glad that um, we're letting the perfectionist out of the closet <laughs> and helping befriend her. And what we would love as a call to action is if you're not already a member of the Playful Priestess Posse on Facebook, for you to join and also um, create and share with us an avatar of your perfectionist. So give her a name and she will create a post in there like, what's your perfectionist name? And share in there what it is, what are her attributes, what are her gifts, what are her shadows, and maybe how you're going to work with her. Sounds like a lot of fun to me, and I'm going to work with Victoria later today myself. <laughs> yes, I would like <laughs> you to come up with a graphic, Jane, since you're so good at graphic design. <laughs> oh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> Victoria, that would be fun <laughs> to post that in there, too. Okay. All right. Thank you, everybody. Have a beautiful day. Yes, bye-bye.